Uh, let's sing together this morning as we begin our time of worship. Together. There were walls between us. By the cross, you came and broke them down. You broke them down. There were chains around us. By your grace, we are no longer bound. No longer bound. You called me out of the grave. You called me into the light. You called my name, and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Feel the darkness shaking, all creation coming back to life, I'm back to life. Hear the song awaken, all creation singing, we're alive, cause you're alive. You called me out of the grave, you called me into the light, you called my name and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. And what a love we found, death can't hold us down, we shout it out. We're alive cause you're alive And what a love we found Death can't hold us down We shouted out We're alive cause you're alive And what a love we found Death can't hold us down We shouted out We're alive cause you're alive Your love is greater love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me.
Amen. You can have a seat for just a moment. We are glad that you're here. Uh, we want to welcome you to Broadway 1109 and say thank you for being here. If you're new with us, we are especially excited that you're with us this morning and so thankful that you are here. Uh, we do ask that uh, if you're a guest with us this morning, we hope you got a bulletin on the way in. Everybody should have. Uh, there's a little perforated tab on the edge of that. We simply ask that you fill that out and you can drop it in the offering plate here in just a few moments. Or if you miss it, that's okay. You can leave it at our welcome desk located in the back of our sanctuary on your way out this morning. Uh, we are thankful that you're here. Uh, this morning is a special morning. We're glad that, uh, that you've joined us. We're excited about all that's, that's going on and what God is doing. Um, and so we want to remind you that this morning we are uh, about to be able to take communion together, the Lord's Supper together as a church this morning. And I'll let Pastor Daniel explain a little bit more about that. But we're going to invite all believing Christians who are baptized and with us this morning to join us in that. And so uh, without any further ado, I'm going to pray for us and then we will move into uh, our time with the Lord's table. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you came, you lived a sinless life. Um, you took on flesh and you died our death that we deserved. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you rose again three days later and that we have victory over death and sin through you and through your resurrection. Lord, now as we come to the table this morning, Lord, we remember your sacrifice. And we remember the, the salvation that we have through that and because of you. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us, all your many blessings on our life. And Lord, we pray that you are glorified and exalted this morning as we worship you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Pastor. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, Ben. I'm going to invite our deacons to come forward at this time. Savior say thy strength indeed is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all all to him I owe Sin had left a crimson 
can sing. He washed it white as snow. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Jesus. Jesus paid it all, all to him I Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Good. Here at Broadway Baptist Church, we observe the Lord's Supper six times a year. So this is our first time here in 2020, a new year, to be able to do that. And I want to give an explanation of what the bread, as well as uh, this blood here that represents Jesus' blood, what it means for us. The Lord's Supper is for believers. Jesus, what happened is right before he was arrested, it was Thursday evening, and he had his final dinner, his final meal with his disciples, and he picked up the piece of bread there, the loaf, and he broke it, and he explained to them, he says, men, this here is my body. And what he was talking about, which they, of course, didn't understand, was that he was about to die. That night he was going to be arrested. He was giving his body for them. He was headed to the cross. Jesus described himself in John chapter 6 as the bread of life. We are saved through Jesus' body. He came and died and was resurrected for you and I. So when he had that final meal with his disciples, he said, do this in remembrance of me. We're doing this. The Lord's Supper does not save you. We're doing it to remember Jesus. Jesus gave us two ordinances in the Bible. The first is baptism. And after you get saved, your next step is believer's baptism. And we, in fact, we have two people lined up soon. We'll be having a baptism service. And then, as a believer, throughout your life, you are to observe the Lord's Supper. And we do it to remember. And he told us to do this because if we didn't, we would forget. So that's why we observe here the Lord's Supper six times a year. We're remembering Jesus' body and his blood. The Lord's Supper isn't for lost people. If you're here and you're not a believer, first you need to get saved. Then you observe the Lord's Supper. Jesus picked up that piece of bread there. 
with his disciples and he prayed over it. So let's pray over our bread. Lord, we know this bread is the bread of life. It is you. You came and gave your life for us. I pray this morning that we never cheapen or take for granted what it means for God to step out of heaven and onto a cross so we can be saved. Lord, I pray this bread is a way that will always cause us to remember the sacredness of what we're doing, observing the Lord's Supper. Thank you for your body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After Jesus picked up the bread, he then picked up the cup. So we will pass out the cups of deacons, if y'all stand up.
Men, y'all may be seated. Jesus picked up a cup very similar to this one here. And he picks up the cup and he explained it to his disciples that the wine they were drinking represents his blood. Jesus was headed to the cross. In the Old Testament, what would happen is the way you would receive forgiveness of sins, you would bring your animal up to the temple, to the priest, they would sacrifice, the blood would spill over, and the blood of the animal would represent the forgiveness of sins for the Jewish folks there. Well, we no longer receive forgiveness that way. Jesus died on the cross and literally shed his blood for you and I. So when we participate in the Lord's Supper and drink of the cup that is symbolic of Jesus' blood, we're reminding ourselves that Jesus' blood is what literally washed away my sins. It's by Jesus' blood that we receive forgiveness. This is what makes us clean again. Jesus picked up the cup and he prayed over it. Let's pray over our cup. God, we thank you for this cup. We know this cup represents your blood. Lord, your blood is what washes us clean. We are forgiven. We're saved by the blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray that this morning, as we have this special time of remembrance, we will remember the cost, the ultimate sacrifice you made for us. Jesus, thank you for the cup and your blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After that, after Jesus and his disciples, the Bible says they sang a hymn. So we're going to resume our worship. So deacon, y'all maybe go back and resume our worship service. As we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we certainly remember the death and the sacrifice of Christ, but we can also celebrate because of the hope that we have in his resurrection. Let's stand together as we worship together this morning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. The prodigal is welcomed home, 
the sinner now a saint. For the God who died came back to life, and everything has changed. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, fear, where is your power? The mighty King of Kings has disarmed you, delivered and redeemed, eternal life is ours, oh praise His name forever, hallelujah, Christ is risen from the grave, hallelujah, Christ is risen and all throughout eternity our song will be the same hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave and all the day you call me in to heaven's sweet embrace i'll see your scars your open arms the beauty of your face through tears of joy i'll lift my voice in everlasting praise hallelujah christ is risen from the grave oh death where your seat, oh fear, where is your power? The mighty King of Kings has disarmed you, delivered and redeemed. Eternal life is ours, oh praise His name forever. Hallelujah! Christ is risen from the grave. Grave. And all throughout eternity, our song will be the same. Hallelujah! Christ has risen from the grave. And all song will be the same hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave it was on the day you called me in to heaven's sweet embrace I'll see your scars, your open arms, the beauty of your face. And through tears of joy, I'll lift my voice in everlasting praise. Hallelujah. 
Christ is risen from the grave. Sing with us. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Let's sing that again. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. See Christ alone. Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Darkness seems to hide His face. Rest on His unchanging grace. Yeah. In every high and stormy day, my anchor holds within the veil. Sing that again. My anchor holds within the veil. Christ Christ alone, 
come forward. Will you join me as we pray together? Almighty God, as we come to this portion of the worship service, we're mindful that you are a God who gives to your people. You give graciously, you give lovingly, you give generously, and Father, we pray that you would help us to reflect that in our giving that we would give with joy in our hearts, that we would give with obedience, that we would give with generosity back to you who have given so much to us. Most of all, Father, we're mindful as we've taken the Lord's Supper this morning that beyond all of the temporal provisions that you give to us, health, clothes, food, all kinds of sustenance, You've given the most lavish gift of all in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy and your grace shown us through Christ. And we make our prayer in his name. Amen.
The way, the way I look at it is it's a parachute ministry, so it's like they drop you out of a plane, and when your feet hit the ground, you're like, what does living in this city look like for me? The city is San Diego, California, and God used a program through the North American Mission Board called GenSend to change the direction of Ibby Davis's life. GenSend is a six-week or eight-week program for ages 18 through 25 to go into a city um, and live uh, working alongside of a church plant there or the Compassion Ministries. Ibby, Reed Morrison, and Liz O'Lear all learned what it looked like to be a missionary in a city like San Diego when they did GenSend. Years later, here they are, still living on mission. Just taking students from their normal context, moving them to a new city, and asking them to live their life on mission. 
I don't think I knew what it looked like to be a missionary before, so seeing people that were my age and younger saying that they were here in the city to one, learn about the city, but then two, be missionaries, um, it intrigued me. They don't have to worry about raising funds. They don't have to worry about the logistics of living in the city. They only have to worry about who can I talk to next to tell them about Jesus. Currently in San Diego, there are at least eight people working alongside church planters who first came to San Diego as Gen Send missionaries. I think it's huge. It's literally like we're siblings. I think always just having the common goal of sharing sharing Jesus. It's just relationships that bond you for life. San Diego is not the only place where stories like these are being written. There are Ibbies, Reeds, and Liz's all across North America, in places like Seattle, New York, and Toronto. When you're giving towards missions, you're giving to students who are gonna, at some point, be doctors, be lawyers, be engineers, and in their field, they're gonna have the mindset of a missionary. I wouldn't be in San Diego if it wasn't for Jensen. I wouldn't be alongside a church plant if it wasn't for Jensen. I wouldn't have uprooted my life, moved across the country, left things that I thought were comfortable if it wasn't for Jensen. When people give to missions, the investment that people are giving is me. Today is Welcome Back Weekend here at Broadway Baptist Church. The reason why is if you are a college student, there's, today's the day to come to church. I want to show that video because our church is committed to collegiate ministry. This is a college town here at Lexington. There's schools all around. In your college years, you want to give those to God. It can be your best years. They are my best years. Um, they didn't, it's called Jensen now. When I was um, back at Sanford after my, I think it was my freshman and sophomore year, I went down and served as a summer youth pastor at this church called First Baptist Church of Largo, Florida. It's next to St. Petersburg in Clearwater. I served down there, and I grew. I was like 19 years old. I grew tremendously. And that can certainly be the same for you while you're here at school in Lexington today. It's the best day to come. After this service is over, Chris Ryder, the leader of our worship band, he also leads our college ministry here. We are catering Chipotle in 25 minutes. So if you're a college student, when this service is over, don't go back home. You go downstairs and you get a free catered lunch for you. So that's our well, it's called Welcome Back Weekend. It's a great way to get to know me and Chris and Lauren and the co college ministry team and a great way to connect here. I want you to consider, college students, making this your church home. You commit to a church, you serve through that church, you go on mission trips through that church. Chris is going to Whitley City, Kentucky in two months on a, during UK spring break, he's taking a group down there. That's something to be a part of with our college ministry. Does anybody know where Whitley City is? Good, no, five hands went up. If you don't, you can find out in March. I had to Google it too. Anyway, open your Bible to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is part of a sermon series on heaven. And today, we're going to be looking at what the Bible talks about and describes as rewards. Do you like to receive a prize? Do you, you, everybody wants a reward. 
Well, the Bible also talks about in heaven we will receive rewards. Now, hopefully you received your bulletin. You want to pull out your bulletin insert because it shows on there the different crowns. The Bible calls the rewards crowns. It does not specifically tell us the exact type of reward, but it does describe these crowns that folks will be receiving in heaven. For example, the victor's crown. This would be for somebody who experiences victory. And he is rewarded for self-control. We're called to holiness. The crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, and the crown of glory. Those are the five crowns the scriptures talk to and share about in the, um, in the New Testament about what's coming for us as believers. But I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 17. And these are important Bible verses because where we're going with this and where I want to end up at is God rewards our faithfulness, not our fruitfulness. Listen to me say that again. God rewards our faithfulness. God has called you and I to faithfulness. Even while you're in college and you're away from home, you are still expected to be faithful and honor and serve the Lord. There's never a period in your life where you should feel like you're just going to pull back from church, pull back from knowing God, pull back from serving. Not at all. Christ calls us beyond that. He's calling you and I to faithfulness. A lot of times we get these confused because what happens is, I had a friend in college, it was the seminary days, and he, he went and found the fastest growing region area of the United States. And back in, what, it was like 2004, it was, I think it's called Flagler Beach, Florida. I mean, it was just Boomtown. I doubt it's Boomtown now, it's probably overbuilt. But everybody was moving there, so he went, he went there and planted a church. Well, if you have home after home every week, if a hundred thousand people are moving in your neighborhood, well, by default, some folks are going to come visit the church because they're brand new, like, well, we want to go to church, and look, there's one. So, of course, his church naturally grew. So it's tempting to say, man, look at that guy. His, his ministry flourished. But then again, that's faithful that he, what he did, and that's good to plant a church. But God looks at things differently. You go serve in a church, teach Sunday school in a church in rural Kentucky, maybe Whitley City. Whitley City is probably not the boom town. Probably it's not one of the who's who of fastest growing zip codes in the country. But you serve there many years and decades, 30, 40, 50 years faithfully. You show up and you teach Sunday school. You serve in your church. You serve in the children and youth ministry. Like today, we have a group of 46 folks, 35 teenagers and 11 people down at Strength to Stand Conference in Pigeon Forge from Broadway. And 11 of those are chaperones. And probably some of those chaperones saying, ah, do I really want to do this? But they're serving. They're investing in teenagers' lives. You do that in a city that's dying and declining. And you're faithful and you have a good attitude about it. 
God looks at you, and you receive the same reward as that in your ministry. It might not boom in Whitley City, Kentucky. Compared to Flagler Beach, Florida. But God looks at that and says, both of these folks were faithful. God is looking for an army of men and women who's going to rise up and say, Lord, I will be faithful. Lord, you bring the fruit. You bring the growth. But it's the old faithfulness of faithfully showing up and serving, giving, and going, and getting involved in your church. That's why it's so important for college students to find a church home and commit to it. All right, I want to read these scriptures here. In your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Paul's writing this. Paul helped plant a church in a city right now called Corinth. This is in the country of Greece. He started that church. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed. And each has the role the Lord has given. I, now who's writing this? Paul. I planted, meaning Paul started the church. Apollos watered, meaning Apollos is coming along and discipling and pastoring and teaching and serving. Look at this. But God gave the growth. This church here was started right down this road, up the road where the Zaxby's was in 1952. Some church planners, probably 1952, this was the country. And they were there, maybe the downtown area, and thought, we need to go on down Broadway Street and plant a new Baptist work there. They planted that church. In a sense, every time you and I come here and serve, we give and we go through this church. We are building on the foundation that those church planters started down the road 67 years ago on um, Broadway Street. The name of the church was called South Broadway Baptist Church. Paul would go into areas, and he's going into Corinth, an area that does not have a church, and he's planting a new church. He's starting a new work. And what's happening is Apollos is a pastor. He's a leader within church. He's coming and watering. Most of our work we will do is watering. We didn't build the foundation. Somebody else has already built the foundation. Say, Daniel, who does plant churches? I'll tell you who plants churches. I'm reading a book right now about the Himalayas Mountains. And why are you reading about that? Himalayas are in Nepal and Tibet, China. Do you know there are regions way up? Those are, that's called the rooftop of the world. The book was written by David Platt, former uh, president of the International Mission Board. And he, he's, he wrote a book recently, just came out in September. And what it is, is he went on a mission trip to these real remote parts. And he went there sharing, telling folks about Jesus. The people had no clue. They never heard the name of Jesus. He'd go in the village to talk about Jesus. And they thought they were talking about some other guy at the village down the road. Who's Jesus? Does he live over there? That is called church planning. You're starting a brand new work and ministry among people when there's no existing work. And I want to tell you, as our country becomes more and more secular, that will become a reality here. It's called a post-Christian, where you go back into places 
And the churches have gone out of business. They've died out. And you're rebirthing, restarting a new work. So we have people like Paul who are planting churches. And we have people like Apollos, who, like most of us, who's watering. But the powerful thing is, God brings the growth. He brings the fruit. He's calling us to faithfulness. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 7. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive, look at this, his own reward according to his own labor. There it is, the award. The award is God gives both the planter and the water. If you're doing evangelism or you're doing discipleship, the reward is the same. Both are needed. What point? Is it leading someone to faith in Christ, and then only five years later, they're totally abandoned the Christian faith, and not even involved anymore? You have to have discipleship. Discipleship is when you are investing in other people. That's a people that you meet with, you talk with. This is Sunday school, this is Wednesday night Bible study, this is accountability groups, this is... Thursday lunch groups that you're meeting with, and maybe not all the conversations about Jesus, but there's a part of it that is. You're talking about the Lord. You're asking folks to pray for you. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 9. For we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to God's grace that was given to me, I've laid a foundation as a skilled master builder, and another builds on it. But each one is to be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay any other foundation than that was already been laid down. That foundation, look at this. What's our foundation? Our foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious, meaning When you come to church, the foundation of what it means to be a Bible-believing Christian is the Bible. It's Christ. Anything else is, it's just, it's useless. And here's what happens if you have another foundation. Latter part of verse 13. For the day will disclose it. That when it talks about the day, it's talking about the day of judgment. Because it will be revealed by fire. Fire is used to describe judgment, meaning everything will be exposed. You'll see what something's really made of. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive, look at this, a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple? And that the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and that is what you are. Today is also Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. This Bible verses is one of the reasons why we are reminded that we honor every single human life. Why? Because they're created in the image of God. There, the Bible describes children even in the womb, from birth all the way up to death, God describes human life as holy. God has set apart 
And if God calls something holy and reverent, we are to be the same. This is why the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. Because you're taking something, a human life that was created in the image of God, and you're ending that life. And the Bible says that is wrong for us to do. We see here in this passage, we reference and see how we receive rewards. God is calling this morning you and I to a life of faithfulness. 2020, it can be the year of commitment for you. You make a commitment that you are not just going to be at church, you are going to serve through this church. This is a missional church. This year, we'll have mission teams going to Whitley City, Vermont. Zach Bauer hopes to bring, he's been trying to get this partnership with Salt Lake City for the youth group to go out there. Last year, it fell through. You come along these teams and say, I want to go. I want to go strengthening the other churches. All three of those mission teams will be working with sister Southern Baptist churches. We go there just like Apollos and we water. I want to be a blessing. Broadway needs to be a blessing to other people, other believers, other congregations. You need to raise your hand and say, I want to go. Sign me up. Put me down. God is calling us to a life of faithfulness. And what happens, I think, is we look back in your life and you say, well, Daniel, how will I know what will these rewards be like? How will I know what type of crown I'm going to get? Here's The Bible's not specifically clear. You can read those Bible verses there and that. But here's what I believe it's going to be like. You've been praying for someone to get saved. And they grow up and they give their life to Christ. You're going to be in heaven. And you're going to see that person there. And God is going to remind you that through your prayers, through your giving, through you inviting someone to church so they can hear the gospel, they are in heaven because of you. That is the reward we will see. Our investment is just like that young girl, what she said. And there, that Jensen, which is Southern Baptist Collegiate Ministry of going out to different cities throughout the summer and serving. She says, the investment is me. We put our resources in her and she's serving and sharing in San Diego. Because you gave, we're able to send young people to San Diego. And a lot of times we don't see the connection. We're just like, well, there went the offering plate. That was neat. Next. No. That offering plate is bigger than a little plate. That's, that's just the start of all over literally the world of what God is doing. And when you decide that you're going to serve in a local church, you have no clue of the people over the years who you will touch do you know why I'm a believer? My parents brought me to truck, church. They drug me to church. It didn't matter if it, if it was cold, snowy, although it didn't ever snow in Alabama, or I didn't feel good. I knew on Sunday mornings, I'm going to Sunday school and worship. No questions asked. No point in even fighting about it. I literally, 
I had those parents that were perfect attendance parents. Like, I never, when I say never, not just miss church, I never miss school. Like, never. Like, end of the year, I get the little award for perfect attendance. If I didn't feel good, that was my fault. Here's some penicillin, Advil, just get in the car. That's how, literally how I grew up. And it, it just went through life. I mean, I was the same way in college. I, ne- I never cut class. I was scared to death. My parents might find out. And we never missed anything. I mean, if you're going to be committed, commitment starts with attendance. You have to show up. That's, it also starts that way in a church, too. You have to be here to be a leader and to serve. But I think what happens is, by me being at church, my parents didn't necessarily sit there and share the gospel with me every single night. But I came to Sunday school, worship, Awana, all the children's programs, youth programs, every single sermon, Sunday night sermon, I'm just there. And eventually, when you hear it, the gospel over and over and over again, listen, folks respond. People, young folks, will respond to the gospel if they're hearing it preached and taught to them. God opens up people's heart and they respond. I'm a, I'm a product. Those Sunday school teachers in Vestavia Hills, Alabama had no clue that the young boy they're talking to in third grade is going to be serving 35 years later teaching the same stuff they taught me in Lexington, Kentucky. And God is asking you to do the same. They, have, they had no clue. I don't even know who they are. No clue of the impact they had. That is what it means to water, to plant, and God brings the growth. Last Bible verse here. Last Bible verse I want to read. Then we respond, we conclude with an invitation. Matthew 10, 42. We have it up here on the board. This is Jesus speaking. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is a disciple, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. Broadway, when you bless someone else, when you pray for someone else, when you give to someone else, when you teach someone else, the Bible says you will never lose that reward. Now you more likely aren't going to get a reward here on earth. But God will reward you. You get your payment the ultimate payment in heaven. And we want to live a life. God is calling you and I to a life that is a kingdom-focused life. Your family needs to be learning about the Lord, serving the Lord, because they know one day they will be in heaven and they will then discover the impact that they had while serving here on earth. This morning, Chris, I want to invite the worship team to come forward. We're going to have our invitation. Now, as they come forward, I want you to think about this. Am I serving? Am I being faithful? God, is there going to be any rewards for me? If you live a life of stinginess, if you live a life that you guard your time, so much you won't even give the time to anyone or anything, I tell you, your impact's going to be minimum at best. God wants us to be generous with our time, with our giving, 
and with our serving. Here in our church, there is every possible way to serve. I mean, I'm building a team right now to go to Vermont, and I need leaders. If you want to be one, let me know. Put you down. I need workers. There's constant areas in this church for opportunities. And God wants you to stand up and say, Lord, I want to be faithful. I might not be the best, but I want to be like that Lottie Moon that left her plantation in 1853 and went from Virginia to China. And she went there where there were no believers, didn't even know the language, and started reaching the Chinese with the gospel. And the China, a great revival is going on because of her work. She was one of the early pioneers there with the gospel. Our answer is, Lord, make that me. I want to be a part of that. We're going to stand together. If you want to respond to the gospel this morning, if you want to be a servant and you'll be faithful, now is your time to respond. I stand down front. You come take my hand and say, Daniel, I want to make this my church home. I want to become committed. I want to be a follower of Jesus. We're going to stand together. Chris and the band are going to lead us in worship.
take everything. Amen. We are so thankful that you were here this morning with us. So glad that you joined us. Uh, if you're new with us, don't forget to fill out that Connect card, and you can drop it at our Welcome Center on your way out, located at the back of our sanctuary. Um, if you're